Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Hi. Hi, Mia. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> Therese run away and I'm looking at a blank wall. Nothing surprises me anymore. This is just the times we live in. <laughs> Hi. Sorry. Look at you. There you are. Here I am in all of my glory. From a cupboard deep inside my house, I'm Mia Friedman and welcome to No Filter. Taria Pitt knows a thing or two about adversity and resilience and how to roll when life gives you lemons or even a shit sandwich, as she might call it in her signature, blunt, funny style. Taria is perhaps one of the most famous survivors in Australia. She was the victim of devastating burns after being caught in a bushfire during an ultramarathon in Western Australia in 2011. And now I think we can agree she's a national treasure, as well as being a mining engineer, an athlete, a motivational speaker, an author and a mother. She has two sons now, a toddler and an eight-week-old newborn. And she, like all of us, is socially isolating. She's in a little coastal town. Uh, It's called Ulladulla and it's in New South Wales. And that's actually where she grew up. I wanted to call up Taria today to ask her about how to cope when life feels out of control. And having just put the baby down for his afternoon sleep, we crammed in a very quick Skype call. Who's uh, who's locking down with you, Michael and the kids and your mum? Yes, we're all here. And in some ways, lockdown is kind of just what you do after you have a baby anyway, right? That's because I was thinking it's actually not that different from my regular life, which I was thinking, and I'm actually a really boring person in general, but yeah, it's not very different at all. Where do you guys think, live? Well, we live down the coast, we live in Aladala, so I guess like, we're still allowed to surf down here. We can go outside to exercise. I'm not really sure what it's like up in Sydney. Like I know you guys are allowed to exercise, yeah? Yeah, everyone is allowed to exercise. There's a little bit of confusion about whether you can exercise and stop for a kebab or not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know some people feel like a kebab mid-run, so I don't know. <laughs> You do you, babe. Just yeah, everyone's doing know. themselves. Yeah. I want to ask it, you in detail. I've become obsessed with people's um, life in lockdown routine and I want you to take me through it, a typical day in your life, and I imagine every day is pretty much the same, from literally when you wake up, what time, just start with all the details, don't spare me anything. Yeah, right. I guess like it, it does change a bit from day to day because I have um, a newborn baby and a toddler, but our days start really early at like um, at like five thirty-five. Mm. That's when the toddler wakes up, and we'll have a cuddle with him. Or like this morning, I played Lego with him, and then the baby woke up. So then I fed him, and then 
I'll like we'll either try to go outside for like a surf or Michael will go for a dive or we'll go for a walk on the beach or something or um, like we've been driving to some of the national parks in our area and just like getting outside. Mm. And then the, the day goes quite fast as it does. And then with kids it's hard because sometimes an hour will go really slowly. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes you get to like five in the hour and you're like, oh, my God, I've still got my pajama pants on. <laughs> Like where where is the day gone? And then the night times are pretty crazy with kids. So like we eat dinner really early at like five. Then we do like the bath and like sleepy time routine. Then Michael puts the toddler to bed. Then I'll stay up with the um, new baby. Then I'll put him down. Then I'll stay up for a couple of hours and do work. Then I'll feed the baby again. Then I'll sleep on the couch. Then the baby will wake me up. Then I'll go in and feed the baby. And then when I'm really tired, I'll go in and wake Michael up. He'll. This is sounding so boring, by the way. <laughs> it's sounding familiar, though. I want more details. Yeah. What, do you, what do you have for dinner? Who cooks and what do you eat for all your meals? Um, look, because I've been at home and this has been one of the really good things about being in lockdown has been like I'm not working as much because like there's zero speeches. There's no photo shoots. There's no travel. So all of that stuff that I used to do, I don't do as much these days. So it's good because I get more time to write, which is actually the stuff that I like. I really enjoy doing, and I'm spending heaps of time with my family and being at home. And I think when you're really busy working, it's great and it's really fulfilling. But I did find there was a tendency to not be able to switch mindsets very quickly to go from work life to, to home life. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. And I work from home a lot as well. So I think that that's hard. Yeah, it is well. hard. It's like all our boundaries have collapsed and all our different spaces yeah. have collapsed. Yeah, a little bit. So I don't know. I'm enjoying like all of the, the family time that I'm getting at the moment. It's good. What you didn't little mention, intense, little intense at times too. Though. Well, that's true. What you didn't mention in your in your daily routine was the time that you and Michael spend gazing into each other's eyes. Yeah, I mean, we might do that for like five seconds a day. That's a two lot. Seconds. Yeah, <laughs> not that much. But this is like, I, you know, like I miss spending one on one time with my toddler Huckabee, and I actually miss spending time with Michael too. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's just the stage that I'm that that we're at at the moment. It is a stage. Is your mum living with you permanently? No, she's living at her house, which is like a hundred meters away. So you guys can actually go out and have a surf together and and leave the boys at home with her, or is it all hands on deck? Yeah, like mum's pretty awesome. Like we're pretty lucky to have her. So if we wanted to go out and do something together. Mm. we'd be able to do that. But like, for example, Michael's gone for a dive and mum and I are at home. And is Michael still working? No, because he, he was a helicopter pilot. Oh. So that's not happening either. So that's why, like, I'm trying to just look at all the positives and I think, you know, a lot of people's work has dried up or changed or a lot of people have had to pivot. But for where we are in our lives at the moment, having like young kids and a new baby, it's it's actually perfect, yeah, to have that opportunity to both be home so much. 
So many people are struggling um, with things beyond their control and feeling like, hang on, this wasn't in the brochure. You've had a lot of experience with that. What insights have you got into how to handle your head and how to sort of be practice resilience when it feels like everything's out of control? Yeah, I always say to myself, just control the controllables. Like no one knows what exactly is going to happen with coronavirus. None of us really know all of the social distancing laws. We don't know how many, how much toilet paper people are buying or what the economy is doing. And so it can be really easy to get caught up in all of those what ifs, but I like to just um, take a step back and just focus on what it is that I can do personally in my day to make it as good as possible and I call that controlling the controllables and I think as well especially if you've got kids around at home I think just limiting the amount of time that you've got the the news turned on or that you're talking about the current pandemic that the world is facing Mm. because there's not actually a lot that any of us can do to change it Mm. apart from staying at home which everyone's doing anyway So I think just focus on what you can actually do, how you can make your life better and more enjoyable and easier and how you can be there for your family as well. We're recording this in the lead up to Easter, just a few days before Easter. You live in a um, coastal town. What's the feeling in the town? Are there a lot of people sort of coming in to have holidays? There's been a lot of talk about how we must not, you know, descend on towns and we must not try to go on holidays and we must all just stay home. What's the vibe at a, in, a, in Aladulla and where you live? Look, you know, so my area had really bad bushfires over summer and so a friend and I started up this campaign. It was called Spend With Them. It was to support small businesses from fire-affected communities and that went really well and a lot of the small businesses that were featured were really grateful and they did, you know, really big trading days and everything. But I feel for the town because, you know, that Christmas period is the busiest period of time for all of the small businesses down here and the second busiest time is Easter. So, yeah, so we're not getting either of those. Having said that, I think if you do live in a regional area like Aladulla, you'd have to be grateful for where you lived when you consider what things are like in larger cities like Sydney Mm. or even New York at the moment as well. So... Yeah, it's just a it's just a shit time for, yeah. for for everyone, and there's there's no amount of sugar coating is going to change that. Um, but you can still, like I said, focus on how you can make your day go as smoothly as possible, and how you can try and be there for your family, and try even though it's really hard, but try and just focus on the positives that the situation has brought us. You know, when you said it's a shit time, I was wondering, you know, there there are some people, often they're called men, who like to fix, to try to fix things. So, you yeah. know, as women, we often, and I'm generalizing and being very heteronormative, but uh, we, we, yes. we, we, we like to just talk about how we're feeling. Um, yeah. And then men try to often fix it when what yeah. we just want to do is talk and, and feel like we're being yeah. listened to. What sort of... What's what's what? How did you feel when you were going through your recovery? Did you want people to sort of help try to 
turn you on to the bright side and say, look at the silver lining and isn't it great that no, you can do this? No, that, that's annoying. That's really yeah. annoying because if, you're, if you feel sad or angry or down or defeated mm. and someone's like, oh, you know, look on the bright side, like um, you can go water the garden, isn't that amazing? That, that, that's annoying because you feel like, well, they haven't, they're not listening to how I really feel and then you feel like you're – emotions aren't valid when of course they are you can't change how you're feeling Mm. so I think even in this time when people you know they're like oh you know it's awesome look at all the positives um which I try and do but I also think there's real power in just just accepting that it is crap yeah and that it is a very weird and unusual situation that has been forced upon all of us that none of us were anticipating and none of us are particularly enthralled with and mm. you can just say yeah it's it's pretty shit it's pretty crap there's not much I can do to change it mm. but you know each day is going to pass no matter what and so today I'm just going to think of one thing that I could do that's going to make my day better or today I'm going to spend some time with playing Lego with my son because I'm you know in normal life I never get to do that so I think for sure there's, there's power in just accepting how you feel and kind of just owning it and not trying to deny it or try to trying mm-hmm. to stifle it but you can take it a step further and think well you know I don't know how long I've been how long have we been in isolation for a hundred years it feels approximately. like <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so every morning we could wake up and say yeah today's shit just like yesterday but worse um I think if we did that every day for 60 days we we'd probably feel really crappy by the end of it. Mm. So I think you can wake up and say, yeah, this is a weird and shit situation, but I'm just going to try and focus on one positive thing for today. Or I'm, you know, this is a weird and shit situation, but I'm still going to do that, that exercise virtual class that I said I was going to do. How is motherhood different the second time around? Um, just the same, except I've just got this really like needy and demanding toddler always always around were you chill the first <laughs> time or you're or you, like were you already chill I found I was much more relaxed the second time way more relaxed well I think you know what you're doing I think as well your your expectations are managed yeah. so you're already cognizant of the fact that you're probably not going to get that much sleep and so you're not surprised when that happens you know and, uh, I think you're just more realistic of of what it's like and so I think that's the thing with motherhood the first time around because you don't know what it's like and you think well my baby's going to sleep and my baby's going to do this and my baby's going to do that and then when it doesn't do all of those things that you thought it would you feel a bit disappointed Mm. but you've just got such low you've just got such a low bar the second time around that um you know you you can't be disappointed. Are there things (laughs) that you've done differently with baby number two? No not particularly but you know with Huckabar I was still working a lot and traveling with him and all of that stuff and this baby I haven't done anything like that and I think you know this baby seems more relaxed I mean he's eight weeks old so who who knows like <laughs> I also thought Huckabar was relaxed when he was six weeks old as well so you know <laughs> but yeah I'm really I'm, I'm relishing it because everyone says it goes so fast and it, it actually does so I'm just I'm trying to just really enjoy it and just um, 
just savoring having a little baby around because they're really, they're such beautiful little things. They're so bloody cute. They're good time wasters too. Like they're just so cute, yeah. staring at them and chewing their little toes, even though you're yeah, not technically meant to do that. And their little ears, <laughs> and their little ears, their little noses. Um, I, I've been asking people what they've been doing to distract themselves and divert themselves, what they've been watching, what they've been listening to, what they've been reading. But I don't even know if that's a fair question to you because if you've got a toddler and a newborn, it's not like you're going to have long, lazy evenings on the couch binging on Netflix. No, that's well, that's and that's why it's kind of like selfishly for me, it's kind of perfect timing to be in isolation because, you know, I've been not seeing anyone or not doing anything for like the whole time Rahidi's been alive sort of thing. So what I've been doing, I've been writing a lot, which is good. I'm, I'm, I've got my new book, which is coming out. Well, it's supposed to be coming out later this year. I don't know if that's going to happen now or what or whatever, but I'm still working to the original deadline, which is good because that's keeping me, you know, busy and mm. thinking about, um, the book is about happiness. Mm. So it's a crazy time to be, I guess, working on that sort of subject matter. That's a great time. What's it called, the book? Got happy in the title. And I think we're playing with like happy and other ridiculous aspirations. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, but it's good because I, and I did this little email wrap up where I sent out all of these little excerpts on the book of, of things people could do in their days to make them that little bit more enjoyable and a little bit more happy. And the feedback I've got is that it's worked. So I'm like, great, that's that's good that everything in the book actually works and isn't just stuff that I've just made up, which I would never do anyway. Have you been watching anything on, on screens? Uh, Tiger King. Oh. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. No one's immune from that. Even if you've got a newborn and it's in isolation, it seems to be the compulsory viewing is that is that just like a very strange show? Yes. Is it real? Like, I think it's making everybody feel good about our lives. <laughs> like, like we're not that sometimes, shit. Some, yeah. Sometimes I watch it and just being like, surely this they're just making this shit up. Yeah. Is it like a dramatic? No, no. It's um, it's it's real. It's a doco. It's a proper doco. It's America, man. Yeah, but just it. Yeah, I guess it's just pure entertainment, mm. which is good. So I've been watching The Tiger King and I've been reading a lot. What you're reading? I read, I read have you read Edward? No. About a little, it's kind of a morbid topic about a little boy who survives a plane crash. Oh, well, that's hopeful. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a really weird book to be reading when you, you know, in that sleep-deprived, yes. highly emotional state having a newborn. <laughs> I read a book about London. I read that book, Such a Fun Age. Have you read that one yet? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, rest- yeah. So I'm reading. I, I, I watch the news like maybe for 15 minutes every morning or mm. whatever and then I just turn it off because I know for me anyway, the more I tune into the coronavirus pandemic, the more anxious and, and mm-hmm. stressed it makes me feel because you – I guess because that's it's such a big issue that we don't have any control over. Mm. So I like to keep in touch with what's happening in the world and, and stay stay a little bit informed, but it doesn't do me any favours to, to tune in all day. Agree. I was listening to someone say it's not like you're going to read something that says 
the first 100 people to read this article are going to get the vaccine. <laughs> it's not yeah. like there's no urgency in consuming all the news. It's like we kind of no. know what's going on now. We're doing what we've got to do and things aren't changing that much from day to day. No, which is, which is, which is great. And I think, you know, I think Australia has done so far a really, really mm. good job. Mm. Yeah. Hey, listen, my darling, it's so good to talk to you and see you. It's good you. to talk to you, but this has been sort of like a bit of a, uh, hasn't really been like a, uh, like an upbeat, like no, super that's, pumped. That's like, not true. And also let's that. Let's go get this done. <laughs> let's go. Let's go high energy. Hasn't really been one of those convos, but. Um, I don't think anyone's feeling that way now. And if they are, no, they're on I, drugs. I think, and I think that, but like. I think it's fine as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is it is what it is. Yeah, and we're all just doing our best, right? Yeah. Um, and what what are you doing with your with your family? We are in lockdown with my three kids. Yeah, of course, at home. Yeah. So we've made a little makeshift podcast studio in a cupboard. It's and great. It's yeah. great. And so Luca's girlfriend, Jessie, is also living with us and it's handy because she and I are co-hosts on Mamma Mia Out Loud and so he's happy that she's here and because we've got someone else in the house that's not immediate family, we're sort of on better behaviour and I think that helps too. No, that definitely would help because you wouldn't be like, you know, throwing yeah. a dinner plate at anyone or... And there's less nudity as well, which is not, you know, that's probably a win for everyone. <laughs> and do you feel compelled to put, like, get changed out of your pyjamas in the morning? On uh, to go to work, yes, because we're still running Mamma Mia, like we're still working. So weirdly, I feel busier than I have before. Like it gets to the weekend, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm I so need the weekend to come. Even though the weekend isn't geographically any different to the week, it's still lovely to have. You know, I'm finding the weeks are very, very, very busy yeah. because we've got like 90 staff and trying to make sure everyone's okay and that we're still making all our content and dealing with all our advertisers and our clients. So there's a lot to kind of juggle during the week. Oh, God. That sounds exhausting. Yeah, but at least I'm getting to sleep in the night, my love. Um, at least I'm not being woken up by a newborn. I remember that kind of sleeping, waking state. No wonder Tiger King's freaking you out even more than most. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just like sitting there at like the random hours of the morning feed and just going, is this, is this show legit? Like... What is this show? Am I actually asleep and is this some weird dystopian yeah, nightmare? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, it was really good to speak with you. You too, beautiful. Yeah, thanks for calling. Send my love to Michael and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, I'll see you. It might be like years from now, man. We Don't, might, say like, that. <laughs> Don't say that. We might just emerge from our cocoons and go out <laughs> to the light. It's true. Who knows? Hey, control the controllables. Hugging's going to be so good when we can do it again. <laughs> We're sending you a virtual hug from afar. Ah, love we'll you. Speak with you. Bye. Bye. This is actually the third time that I've talked to Taria on No Filter. The other times were right after she and Michael got engaged when she told me a really funny story about her engagement ring. And then we spoke again on the show last year after she had her first son, Huckabai. I hope you enjoyed Taria Part 3, the pandemic edition, and we'll link to those first two interviews in the show notes, as well as to our anxiety course, which has been helping those who are needing some extra support right now. Or you can just go to theanxietycourse.com. Wherever you are right now and however you're feeling, please know that we are thinking of you and sending all our love. <laughs>